0: what's up chiefs kingdom it's your boy chris style you are tuned in to arrowhead chief podcast episode 119 Uh, free agency has kicked off chiefs have made a move has signed somebody has gave another player a message clear message we're gonna get into it we got a special guest coming on today let's talk chiefs yeah arrowhead chiefs it's your girl miss nicole We a hustle baby Uh uh-huh from the bottom, but now, now the we home. here. My homie at the start of his career. Let's go. Try to win him early, hit the truth. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Tuning every Sunday for the juice. had Chief Podcast bringing Bringin all the news. The news. Jack, if you missed the play, come back for reviews. I out here rapping for the crew. Post game highlights, go uh-huh. subscribe uh-huh. on YouTube. Uh-huh. If you missed the play, come back for reviews. Post game highlights, go uh-huh. subscribe on uh-huh. YouTube. Uh-huh. What's up, everybody? What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back, episode 119, Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Free agency is kicked off, and we've made a move, made a big signing. Uh, the other day, Bev goes out, gets a left tackle. We're going to talk about all of that. Before I get into that, we got a special guest coming in, Caleb Jacobs of Arrowhead Pride. What's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, man.
0: Appreciate you for coming on, giving us your time. Um, before we get into the signings and the free agency and everything, tell everybody a little bit about your background.
1: Well, I'm a writer over at Arrowhead Pride. I've been there since about December. I kind of started out posting like film clips and everything to uh to Twitter when I was writing for Arrowhead Live. I do some podcasts here and there, a lot of film work. And I played football for a long time growing up and into college. So that's kind of how I learned about the game. And I'm just kind of like sharing what I know with everybody now.
0: Okay. Okay. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, And how did you think of with Arrowhead Pride?
1: You know, uh, I just – I got offered a position by a couple of the guys that uh, worked for them there. It was kind of just out of the blue. So I was surprised by it. And I'm, you know, just happy that I can be a part of – I think, you know, one of the best Chiefs websites in right. all of the kingdom, really. I think it's one of the biggest ones. So I just try to have fun with it every day.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you're part of the one, probably the biggest <laughs> uh, publication as far as Chiefs kingdom goes. Uh, for a minute, you know, for a long time, that's what it was, was Arrowhead Pride. So for you to be a part of that, it's got to be pretty special. So. Uh, so free agency has kicked off. We've made a signing, uh, Jawan Taylor, uh, four year deal, 80 million, 60 million guaranteed money. Um, what are your thoughts when you first heard this signing uh, come across your screen?
1: You know, I was a little bit surprised by it. I thought Taylor was a guy that the Jaguars might try to uh, retain on their roster since he is only 25 years old, mm-hmm. and the fact that he just came off of a really good season and he really hadn't. You know, been on any teams that were that great. You know, with those first few Jaguars teams he was on, he didn't really have much great coaching, but he gets, you know, some help his first season there. They start teaching him, you know, some things he might not have learned the first three years, and he turns in a really good season, pass protecting wise. So when I saw it, you know, I wasn't shocked. But then when they start saying stuff about him playing left tackle, I kind of started to get more surprised off of that. But really, it does make sense with his athletic ability and the fact that he is only 25 that they can think, you know, maybe if they get him in the chief system, they can help elevate his game higher than he's been able to in Jacksonville.
0: Okay. Okay. And when you saw the film, what are some things, some of the traits that you saw from him?
1: He is a great pass blocker. You know, that's the first thing that pops out. It's kind of funny. I mentioned this. I I don't think his run blocking is very good at all. Mm -hmm. And really it's it's funny because when you see the offensive linemen, you know, the the easier thing for them to do a lot of the time is run block. You know, it's hard finding tackles that can consistently pass protect. He's kind of like, you know, this oddball amongst like the offensive line community. The fact that he is probably I think he was one of the best pass protecting right tackles and tackles in general in football in 2022 yet when you pop on the film he just he leaves a little bit to be desired in the run game I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching like I mentioned though but you know the Chiefs through you know Patrick Mahomes attempted the third most passes Trevor Lawrence attempted the seventh most passes in the NFL this past year so he's he's got experience pass protecting at a high clip it's not like he's was in some offense in Jacksonville that they were trying to run the ball 50 times a game or anything like that you know he's used to being able to keep a guy clean in the pocket and a guy like Trevor Lawrence has to kind of rely on being in the pocket more than Patrick Mahomes does so you can see where it kind of works out why the Chiefs would have been in on him okay
0: um and what are some cons that you see in his game that may you know give you a you know uh, cause to pause on him
1: So I don't think he necessarily handles some power rushers very well. I think there's some of those guys that they can – he's a lighter guy. He's only like 310 pounds. He's rocked up. He's pretty built, though. But uh, Chris Jones, he played a couple of nice snaps against him in the regular season, and so did Dunlap. They kind of just used like their length and strength and everything to bull rush him into the quarterback. Max Crosby had a couple of reps like that. So you know that's just a couple of things to work on, and then just like the overall run game and angles and space when it comes to that kind of blocking, he needs to improve on. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, do you think do you think he has the necessary tools to move to the left side?
1: I definitely think he does. And the first thing I look at when I'm looking at offensive linemen a lot of the time is their feet, and he's got awesome feet and pass protection. They're quick. He's not out of control. He's concise. And really he's got the you know the foot quickness that maybe a guy like Orlando Brown didn't possess, where he's you know, Orlando's more of a heavy-footed guy, kind of used his big frame to win blocks. You know, Taylor doesn't have that big frame, but what he does well is he can mirror up all these defensive ends with his footwork and with his technique and pass protection. So even though Brown had the experience on the left side, I almost think Taylor's athletic and physical gifts would make a transition from right to left almost easier full-time, especially in the Chiefs' offense.
0: Okay, okay. Speaking of Orlando Brown, you know, were you surprised on how the Chiefs didn't franchise tag him?
1: I was very surprised. I was pretty shocked at that, to be honest with you. I thought we were looking at a situation where – They were for sure going to tag him again, maybe take a guy in the draft. But there was like a week or so ago, two weeks ago, there was no situation where I didn't envision Orlando Brown back in Kansas City. I was shocked by that, to be honest. Still am a little bit. Yeah.
0: Are you shocked by the reports of teams saying that they view him more as a right tackle and that's why he's not getting a lot of big offers out there?
1: It's surprising, and I think it's a little more complicated than just that. I just don't think teams want to pay what he's been asking because there is, you know, he's a good player, but for what he was asking for is like top five money for left tackles, and I don't think teams want to pay him left tackle money. I think they want to pay him a little bit less to be just a good player on the right side. You know, they don't want to pay him to be an elite. They don't want to pay, a, you know, pay elite left tackle money for a good left tackle. They'd rather just pay that money for a guy that used to say, yeah, he'll be our right tackle for three or four years, but he won't be great. He won't be bad either, though. So that's kind of where I'm at with that.
0: Okay. Do you think that he'll get, you know, where are some places do you think Orlando Brown could get you know some offers from?
1: I think the hot name is the Bears just because they had all that money laying around. Uh, they had a rookie left tackle last year on uh, from Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. He honestly had a pretty good season for what they do and for what he does. He's a big, strong run blocker. Also needs a little bit of development and pass protection. I think he'll have a much better season. I think Ryan Poles up there. He's an offensive line guy, so he has an idea. Um, you know, maybe some other landing spots or destinations. I could see him up in New England potentially. They run a lot of they run the ball a lot. Power run game up there. Um, I I'd, I'd like to say almost Baltimore, but we know he's probably not gonna want to go back there. Yeah. I don't know if Atlanta has signed Caleb McGarry yet, but it'd be interesting because really Atlanta's been running the ball a lot more. I could see him going down there maybe, and the maybe Houston just so that they can throw someone, you know, another big body. If he were willing to play right tackle by tuns, will just get another big experienced body out there, help protect for the quarterback they may draft. But those are maybe some of the teams I think.
0: Do you see a scenario where, Maybe the market isn't, you know, to to his liking. And maybe he goes back and says, you know, I want to come back for the Chiefs and play.
1: Yeah, and when they first announced the thing with the tag, I was kind of like, well, they're going to let him shop around. He might not get what he wants. And I said, you know, there's a chance he ends back up in Kansas City on like another one year two-year like a smaller deal than Mm -hmm. what he wanted i don't think that's completely out of the question even though the chiefs have mentioned a lot about taylor being able to play left tackle i think that's just kind of trying to display the versatility that he has with his game i don't think they're necessarily saying he's going to be one or the other because then that would pigeonhole them and, you know, you know, other teams would kind of know their needs. You know, they'd know what they're up against, either the draft or remain, the remaining parts of free agency. So mm-hmm. I could definitely see Brown back maybe on like a one-year kind of another prove-it deal. I don't know if he'd necessarily want that. But then again, if he's not getting his offer anywhere else, you know, maybe maybe it would be best to come back. Familiar system you know, you're friends with everybody in the organization. You just want a championship with them. So he might decide, you know, maybe this is the best move. Maybe I'll come back here and get a two-year deal. And then we'll, we'll re up again at some point. Right. Right.
0: Um, so with, you know, now that Orlando Brown's not going to, you know, for right now, he's not going to be the left tackle. We got Jawan Taylor being on the left side. Now, Andrew Wiley, he goes to, you know, Washington to be their right tackle. Um, Are you comfortable uh, with the right tackles on this roster, or do you think they need to draft somebody? I
1: I think almost that they're going to draft somebody. And the reason for that being, you know, they got three guys on roster you kind of take a look at. You got Lucas Niang, who they wanted to, you know, develop. He started quite a few games in 2021 for them. Obviously, he has been very injured throughout the course of his professional career. Mm-hmm. They've got Prince Teguanago, who has been, who's done some spot duty here and there. He's been mostly a special teams guy, spent a lot of time on the practice squad. They're familiar with him, but he's never had to play any big time reps. And then they've got Darian Kennard, fifth round draft pick from Kentucky. With that group, I th- I think Niang is the best player out of that group. The only problem is they just don't have any guarantees with him, with his health. Mm-hmm. So I'd be willing, you know, I think that they would probably, you know, be looking to add again in the draft. I don't know necessarily first or second round, but mm-hmm. at some point I feel like they could take a developmental tackle. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, if Niang can stay healthy, do you have confidence in him that he can man that right side?
1: You know his film really wasn't that bad from 2021. He went against in the games he played, and he went against quite a few good pass rushers. And he he gave up a couple of sacks, but really, when you're going against you know Joey Bosa, you're going against Crosby, Khalil Mack. You know you're going against quite a few. And he even went against uh he went against some of the guys from the Eagles also, not Hassan Reddick, but he went against some of those guys from Philadelphia in 2021. And they held their own pretty well, you know. I, I'd be fine with that. It's just the thing with injuries and you know big guys. Once they get hurt, once they you know it, injuries tend to follow them through a lot of their career. So I don't you know they don't want to be in a situation like 2020 where everybody gets hurt and all of a sudden you're like signing guys off the street days before the Super Bowl. You want to be able to have good depth throughout the offensive line room. And to be honest, you know, I think it's a good idea just to draft an offensive lineman every year of Mahomes' career just so you can constantly make sure he's always going to be protected.
0: Okay. All right. Well, going, you know, going into free agency, you know, what are some moves that you're looking at that you would like the Chiefs to make in free agency?
1: Some moves that I would like. Well, I saw, I saw like an hour ago. Samaje Pirine got picked up by the Broncos, so that stunk because I really liked his game. Mm -hmm. I've liked him this entire time. He's been with the Bengals, and I was kind of like, well, maybe we can go grab him, but they didn't get that. Um, I've seen a lot of the receivers are starting to go today. Honestly, at this point, I'm seeing Lazard's contract. and I'm seeing these other guys. I'm starting to think it might not be too hard to get Juju Smith-Schuster back in here for Mm -hmm. something that I think would be – fair for both sides for who he is as a player you know he's not going to be that number one guy but what he does well is you know he you know he can fill in he could be a number two guy on an offense and he you know they can put him opposite of travis kelsey and when kelsey draws a lot of attention he can be a reliable you know 800 yards to thousand yard receiver in a season so i mean i'd be interested in trying to bring juju back really I don't really know. There's not too many other like free agents. This class was pretty weak. A lot of the big name guys have already gone off the board. So maybe like Taylor Rapp from the Los Angeles Rams, he's a free agent. I was like, well, Juan Thornhill hasn't been signed. There hasn't been much safety movement. Mm-hmm. That's not really been talked about a ton. But I maybe keep an eye on that, or maybe they decide to bring Juan back also. Right, right.
0: Um now Also a free agency that we got some guys on our roster that need extensions. You know, Chris Jones, he's put it out there that, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's a cheese for life. Um, We'll see what is interesting to see, you know, with that contract, especially seeing what Deron Payne got um, with his contract. um, uh, uh, Was this Javon Hargrave? He got a big contract over the 49ers. Um, So it will be interesting to see what Chris Jones gets. Um, but there's one player on this roster, Lejarius Sneed. Um seeing that we have we didn't go in franchise tag Orlando Brown, um, and with you know, of course, Chris Jones hovering, would you go ahead and extend Lejarius Sneed now?
1: I I would go ahead and do it. I think he is More of a key in this defense than people really realize from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every he kind of in a way this year took over a lot of what Tyron Matthew did the previous two seasons, Mm -hmm. and that kind of a role is so valuable to Steve Spagnola. And the great thing about a guy like LeJerry Sneed, you can still, you know, he's still a very young guy. He's a young player, and he's still ascending in a lot of ways. I'd go ahead and lock him up now just because, you know, Also, with him in the slot, you can that gives you more of an option to play McDuffie to the outside. And just it gives you the versatility. Spags likes to run with all these different sets. You know, maybe, maybe they don't sign Juan Thornhill and they can't draft a safety. You're in a situation now where Spags might be scheming up some looks for Sneed to maybe not play safety all the time, but maybe just kind of do it, you know play a little bit more in the nickel as kind of more of an up high guy, some situations like that because you have all these other cornerbacks that can do different things. But overall, just for the structure of the defense, I think he's important. He's earned it. I think it'd be the right thing for the Chiefs to do to give him an extension. Either, you know, this offseason or just re sign him next offseason. But now feels like it'd be a nice time. Okay.
0: Um with them not re-signing Frank Clark. Um you know, restructuring his deal, should I say. Um, letting them walk, cutting him, letting them walk. Um, are there some other veteran defensive ends that you would bring in uh during this free agency period?
1: Well, uh, I, I saw Marcus Golden got cut from Arizona. He's always been a real solid player throughout his tenure. I think he'd come in and kind of be like do like what Carlos Dunlap did a little bit. I kind of liked Zach Allen from – I liked Zach Allen. He got signed by the Broncos also, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I saw Calias Campbell got cut. Maybe look into that. You know, a guy he could play a little outside, a little inside. I'd honestly be fine with bringing back Carlos Dunlap. I thought he was fine for what he did in his role this year. And then uh, who else? There was some – I'm trying to – oh, Yeah. Maybe Chiefs fans don't like him very much because of the playoff game, but Arden Key is a free agent. He's another guy that could provide, you know, some defensive in-depth. He could probably come in and provide some help also.
0: Um, What is your feelings on somebody like a Z'Darrius Smith?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. He did just get cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think he comes in. I think they would use him a little bit like Dunlap. You know, you're going to play Karloftis a lot more on the early downs, and then you're going to put him in. You know, it's third down and medium, third down and long. Just let him do what he can do to get after the passer, you know, kind of save his snaps a little bit. He is an older guy. You don't want to burn him out too early. And hopefully, you know, if they can find some production with a guy like that, I'd be I'd be all for it. Yeah, it would be a dream, Joe.
0: Um now back to the wide receiver room. I know this wide receiver group is not, you know, sexy at all. <laughs> so a lot of these guys are, you know, uh probably second receivers, maybe even third receivers. So um, but Odell Beckham Jr. Now he's asking the the, the prices he's asking for 15 to 20 million. I don't personally think he's gonna get that. I think he's going to get a reality check and he's going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal. But what kind of contract would you give an Odell Beckham?
1: Man, I saw the reports like you did. He wants like 15 or 20. I'm like, I'm like man, he's over 30 and he's had a real bad injury history in the last five years. I don't, I don't think any team would give him that. Maybe that's the number they want to start at. I would do something maybe like, a one-year deal for like ten million dollars, mm-hmm. something along those lines. You know, you're paying Marquez Valdez scantling. You know, basically ten to eleven dollars a season. I think that'd be somewhere in the range. You know, you're paying Juju. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna overpay though for a guy that hasn't played in over a year just because he looked really good running around in shorts and a t-shirt. That's crazy right. that he was gonna try to get that. And I, I get it. The last time he did. The last time he was in pads was in the Super Bowl. He was scoring touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was making Eli Apple in the Bengals secondary look pretty bad in he that was. game. He, was, he, he was, was having a game before his injury and he was having a heck of a season. It's just at that age, though, and with his injury history, I, I don't think you can afford to get wrapped up in a big deal like that. I agree. I agree. Um,
0: now there's been talks about DeAndre Hopkins, and I know that he's you know in the 30 range, um, but for you know, he had the suspension with the steroids, the PDs. But when he came back, he was still pretty productive. I mean, to have what 60, 70, something catches, 700 yards, and a few touchdowns, it's pretty good to only play like nine games, especially when his quarterback was in and out of the lineup. He's mostly playing with Colt McCoy and you know other quarterbacks. So what what draft capital would you give up for DeAndre Hopkins?
1: I, I think I would probably give up like a third or a fourth and then maybe just throw on one of those other seventh-round picks to be nice. I don't think – you know, the Cardinals have been pretty pat and they want a second. And when you start getting to like what you specifically want like that, all the other teams are just going to kind of undercut you. You know, you say we want a second. You're only going to get offered thirds and fourths. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, maybe another late-round pick, maybe a late-round pick for the next season. I Honestly, I think a lot of it has to do though with that he is there. They, you know, he they've got to take on the contract too. Right, right. That's that's really the big thing with all this. So I think like a third round pick or a fourth round pick would honestly be fair considering that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty for sure he's going to try to restructure his deal because he has no more guaranteed money. So that will play probably play a big part in trading for him. What he's asking for, you know, as far as restructuring his deal. So let's, let's get into, you know, the, the combine was, you know, just passed up. So, you know, we seen the, all the prospects go out there and put on, you know, put on for a show and run their 40 times. Do they, you know, shuttle cones and all that good stuff. Who are first question is, who are some prospects you're looking at? And then the second question would be, who are some prospects you're looking at for the cheaps?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I always take a look at like a lot of the offensive and defensive linemen. That's a lot of the work I do for Arrowhead Pride. And, uh, you know, obviously this class is so loaded at the top end of those defensive linemen. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, you know, uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson. There's just a lot of guys. There's a lot of defensive ends, defensive tackles in this class that are talented. Um, I really think this is like one of the most loaded defensive in defensive tackle classes I've seen. And I know, you know, not many people want to hear about quarterbacks in Kansas city, but I've been kind of blown away by CJ Stroud's film a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's looked very impressive to me. And that's just, that's not even just at the pro day or the combine. That's just in general, his film, that game he played against Georgia in the college football final four, that was so impressive. You know, his big knock was he doesn't really create outside of the pocket and all game Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, or, or not Nolan Smith, Nolan Smith was hurt, but all game long that Georgia defensive line was, you know, blowing the doors down on their offensive line that he was creating out of the pocket, finding his guys. It was fun to watch now, but uh, as far as some Chiefs guys, I was honestly watching a bunch of tackles. I'm not right. sure if they'll go that way in the first round now. Mm-hmm. A couple of defensive ends that I do like. I like Will McDonald from Iowa State. I like Derek Hall from Auburn, who they did. They interviewed Derek Hall at the Combine, actually. And I like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. Those are three defensive ends I've been kind of keeping an eye on, been watching pretty closely.
0: That's a good question by Joe. If Carter does fall, let's say he gets into the teens, maybe in the 20s, because of his legal situations or whatever, would you trade up to get a Jalen Carter?
1: I probably would, but I I don't think he's going to fall. I mean, I obviously understand it's a very complicated situation he's in right now, and maybe just some of the things the Chiefs have had as far as off the field would scare them away from that. Mm -hmm. But some team is still going to take him in the top ten just because when you watch him, you're like, he looks a lot like Chris Jones or Aaron Donald or Javon Hargrave, Daron Payne. You're like, he's going to be one of these top three top four interior defensive pass rushers at some point.
0: It would will, will be crazy if he falls to – Eagles because I think they got a ninth and tenth pink. (laughs) So he's he gets to go back with his Georgia buddy and Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, I love Jordan Davis.
1: (laughs) Jordan Davis actually had a couple of nice plays in the Super Bowl, really, after he'd been hurt a long time. I he was one of my favorite prospects a year ago. Yeah, I loved him. I loved him coming out. He's a big dude, man. And he moves for a big He,
0: he moves around, man. Those guys don't grow on trees, man. No, they don't. So, um, of course, you know, all Chiefs fans, you know, they love offense. You know, we got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so, they always want to look at receiver when it comes into the draft. Who are some receivers that that you feel like would fit the Kansas City Chief mold?
1: Well, just looking at some guys who are, like, maybe just fast guys, uh, Jalen Hyatt. Zay Flowers, they both kind of fit that mold. They're both, you know, shorter, more explosive slot guys from their respective colleges. Zay Flowers might be able to – probably the more complete player between those two. Mm -hmm. Hyatt really just does one thing well, and that's run the deep ball, but he is absolutely elite at running go patterns. I mean, I saw people comparing him to McCole Hardman. I'm like, I think he's way more developed now than McCole ever got at just running like the straight go. He's got a great ability to track the ball for, you know, when it's high up in the air. And he finally, you know, they finally clicked on offense at Tennessee down there and he started making some plays. So those are some guys I like. And then, you know, uh Jackson Smith and Jigba, I don't really know how much he would really fit because the chiefs kind of have this, like, the chiefs are weird at wide receivers since Tyreek left. And they really were even before he was with Andy Reid. They just put guys places, and Andy kind of schemes them open. You know, they kind of come up with ways to get them open, kind of positionless. He'd be more like your traditional X-type receiver, though, so I wonder if maybe that'd be something they'd want to have moving forward. Okay.
0: Um, If there's some mid to, like, those the second day two guys that you like that maybe the chiefs because you know day two day three is where the chiefs really make their bones when they draft they like those day two three day three guys that have the potential but you know they're not they don't have a first round grade on them. are there some guys in that in that middle round that you like
1: yeah are you talking just wide receiver any position uh you could go any position okay um in the day two or three rounds at wide receiver, I do like Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, and I like Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. Um uh, Mingo, he is a more explosive player, but he really is a pretty good route runner. He's kind of he's a real stocky, he's like six one or six two, like two twenty five. He's a big receiver. Mm-hmm. He could just he creates separation well, and he was really pretty underrated. Hutchinson's like 6'3", 205, a bigger body that maybe the Chiefs wouldn't necessarily always use, but he's got some wheels and he's got some nice route running ability for a big guy. And then I think it's possible they take an offensive tackle in the second or third round, just like I was mentioned earlier, creating that depth. I like Darnell Wright from uh, the University of Tennessee. He's a right tackle down there. Really good player, has some good film versus good defensive ends. And I'd also, you know, maybe take a look at uh, Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Very good footwork. He just needs to work on a few things, but I think he's a good tackle prospect as well.
0: Um, What receivers do you take? I'm I'm assuming you're talking about Darnell Washington. uh, Joe is asking, what receiver do you take uh, before Darnell Washington? He only has three.
1: Oh, before Darnell Washington, the tight end. Hmm. Mm, which receivers do I take? Probably JSN. I'd take uh i probably take Zay Flowers before him also. Mm-hmm. And there's one more. I mean, here's my thing about Darnell Washington, though, he doesn't really have great film as like a route runner or anything. But what they can do with him is you just get him the ball in the flat, like a little flat router, you kind of scheme away to get him open and he's gonna get you the yak after that. Mm. I could see him early on though being more of a uh, being more of a blocking tight end, depending on what scheme he ends up in. But his athleticism is gonna cause him to, you know, shoot up boards. And I think maybe even the Georgia offense kind of limited what he can do a little bit. Right.
0: Right. Um, Speaking of tight ends, um, this is a pretty deep tight end um, class. Um, Do you see the Chiefs drafting a tight end, maybe grooming that guy to, you know, be the heir apparent, so to say, to a Travis Kills?
1: I think it's definitely possible. You know, obviously they got. Noah Gray and Jody Fortson under contract and on the roster, but I still see those guys as more just kind of role players. They're kind of, they fill their role well. You know, Jody, like big body, red zone target. You know, you're going to get him in some contested catch situations. You know, maybe you can catch the other team sleeping and he'll, you know, go down the field and have a big chunk play on them. Gray kind of does some like fullback type things. He does, he blocks, he does dirty work. And, you know, he's – I guess he's the new Blake Bell as far as taking quarterback sneaks now. Mm -hmm. But they really don't have another guy on the roster that is like, if Kelsey goes down or something happens to Kelsey, you're not asking someone to go in there and, you know, fill his role, you know, play for play. I think there's definitely a couple guys. I like Sam Laporta from Iowa. Obviously, I like Darnell Washington. We just mentioned him a minute ago, his athletic upside and his ability – you know, he's big boy jumping over people against Morgan out there. And then uh Dalton Kincaid, he's more of a receiving tight end, doesn't block a whole lot, but he does have very good hands.
0: Uh what's your views on Zach Cooks at uh old uh old
1: Dominion? Well, I, I get the hype around him just because he's got the big body, you know, six eight, that's a rare football height. He should be suiting up to play power for for someone right. <laughs> at that size. And um, you know I've watched some film on him. I think he's going to be a big time red zone target. I think he's got that potential to score a lot of touchdowns. It's just when you're that big, sometimes it's hard to run the tightest routes. I don't really mm-hmm. see that, but I you know a team is definitely going to be able to use him at some point. I've got him. I got a list of like my hidden gems, like small school prospects. I've been keeping an eye on, kind of watch some film on. He's definitely on that list just because. You know, he tested awesome, and he's just – he's gigantic.
0: All right. Um, now, we got uh, my guy Joe in the comment section. He's been big on B. Uh, B- John Robinson. Um I don't think we're going to draft him, and you know I don't think the Chiefs are going to stay. Sorry, Joe, we're going to stay away from a first-round running back (laughs) Uh, as talented as uh, Bijan Robinson is. I think he's going to get picked way before we even draft. So, are there some running backs maybe in the later rounds that you like that maybe the Chiefs can pick up?
1: Yeah, I really actually think this is a pretty underrated running back draft. (laughs) You know, I think Bijan he's. He's awesome. I mean, he is one of the best backs to come out in quite a while. And it's crazy how much backs have been devalued in football. But then at the same time, you've seen the Chiefs both times. They've won the Super Bowl. It's been with, like, an older free agent running back and, like, rookie X, Y, or Z. And then Pacheco is probably a little bit more than just, like, random rookie or random free agent running back at this point. But, you know, obviously the whole deal with Clyde, that kind of skewered a lot of people's opinions on mm. going running back early. I think it probably did the same for the Chiefs because they did – he said we're going to get a 1,000-yard rusher in the seventh round and they could mm. find it. But there's some guys – there are some guys. I like uh, – I kind of like uh, Robinson's running mate. I like Roshan Johnson. He's a power back. I think, you know, a combination of him and Pacheco behind – Chiefs offensive line, you know, that would just be something, you know, just Mm. pound on him a little bit, go in the opposite direction. You know, Keaton Mitchell from uh, East Carolina, he's probably – I think he is the – I think he ran the fastest 40 time for any running back in that class. He's, you know, got just that speed and explosion that Andy Reid looks for. But, yeah, those those are just a couple of the guys I've taken a look at. I haven't looked at running backs too closely, you know. I looked at Deuce Vaughn just because he – K-State kind of local area guy. He's good. He's just kind of small.
0: Yeah. He tested real good, though. Mm-hmm. He, he looked good in the, in the combine. So, if you get him in the later rounds, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. He's probably a good chase of, change of pace bet. To yeah. Pacheco, you know, it looks like he can catch out the backfield too. So I would definitely look at some. And that's like that.
1: and that's what the good part of having all those picks at the back end is, you know, if you see a running back you think you like, you got four seventh round picks, you, you can burn one of them and no one's gonna get mad at you for it, like you know, kind of like they did last year.
0: Yeah, beach is really good at you know, packaging guy packaging picks and going to get who he wants. So um now let's talk about the secondary. Um the corners in this draft class—they tested pretty good. You know, it's a lot of fast corners in this. I think it's pretty underrated. Some of these corners are in here. Who are some of the corners that you like in this draft?
1: Honestly, I haven't watched a ton of the corners outside of a few of the top guys, but I do think that Christian uh, Gonzalez from Oregon, <laughs> from mm-hmm. Oregon, he is going to be a stud. And it's funny to me that with all the quarterback talk and all the defensive linemen talk, people have kind of forgotten about him a little bit. Last year was like the quarterback draft. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Last year, you got, you know, you got Sauce McDuffie. You got uh, the dude from Texas, from the Texas, went to LSU. You -hmm. got all those guys. I think this guy would be right up here with them. I'd be interested, you know, maybe Veach goes and trades up for him, and you've got two potential all pro outside corners. I think that's something he would take in a heartbeat really if he got yeah. the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't watched I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched a ton of them just because they drafted four guys last year and we've still really haven't even seen as much as Josh Williams as I'd like to see personally. All right,
0: all right. Um are there some safeties in this draft that you've seen or watched
1: uh, I've watched the uh Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame. I think he is going to be kind of a Juan Thornhill like guy honestly just kind of when you put on their tape you know kind of probably they not you know they're second round guys definitely but they do little they do some similar things here and there as far as playing kind of that deep ball where I think you know Joseph might have him a little bit is the ability to come down and uh play you know play in the box a little bit more it's obviously something Brett Veach values I haven't taken a ton of look at most of the safeties either I've kind of been you know this week I've been kind of caught up in the free agency stuff and the weeks Mm -hmm. before that you know we do like our draft show every week we've looked at tackles and tight ends and receivers we haven't gotten into the secondary guys yet
0: okay um back to defensive end is there a defensive end that you love in this draft that like that you think that the Chiefs would be able to get maybe they he falls to the 20s they could trade up and go get him and he he's a plug and play type guy
1: yeah there's a couple of guys like that i like uh, will mcdonald will mcdonald's one of them I think you know, and he was at Iowa State. They play kind of this weird defense. It's like a three-three-five stack, but really, your defensive ends don't align in the same spot where they'd line up at in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of juice, and he's got a lot of you know length and flexibility. He'd be kind of like a Josh Sweat kind of pass rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles, more of a speed guy, Ben guy, and then uh, another kind of local guy from Lee Summit, Missouri, uh, Felix. And Dewey Gouzemois from Kansas State. He's a defensive end. He's another guy in the same boat, kind of just, you know, but he's a little bit bigger. He'll play with more power. Honestly, I think he compares – his film compares a little bit to George Karloftis. He'd be more of like a Steve Spagnola type guy. But those are two guys I think are definitely in the Chiefs range along with a Derek Hall, Auburn defensive end. He kind of played like a linebacker role for them, but really when he was at his best when he was in a three-point stance and he was lining up in like a six technique out over out over a tackle and they could just let him go and rush the passer. So those are three guys, and then, you know, maybe they get a chance to trade up for someone, maybe be like uh, Miles Murphy or Lucas Van Ness, a guy in that boat. Okay, okay. How do you, uh,
0: how do you feel about Derek Hall?
1: I like him a lot. Honestly, he reminds me of Frank Clark when Frank Clark first started his NFL career in Seattle, and that's because before Frank had the stomach issues and the nerve issues and all that, he had a lot more power. Like His last two seasons in Kansas City, I don't think people kind of remember even his first year here really he had a lot of power he could strike people and play with bull rush he was a lot bigger of a guy you know he's running around at like 260 but he's jacked at the same time Hall is a lot like that Hall you know he ran well he tested well he did everything well at the combine but you see some of these punches that he's putting on these tackles when he gets out of the stance he's like flattening guys that's that kind of you know steve spagnola talks about block destruction he's the kind of guy you know he's not going to finesse around a tackle he's going right through him the entire time so obviously that aggression and physicality is there in a conference like the sec you'd like to see that translate translate over to the uh nfl and he's a guy i think that would fit the mold for what the chiefs like all right right.
0: all right caleb man i appreciate you coming on today man and talking to us about free agency and the draft man um definitely appreciate you giving us your time man Uh, tell everybody where you know where they can find you and you know where they can follow you at on social media and all that good stuff
1: yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me on. I always love coming on and talking about the Chiefs, talking mm-hmm. football in general. You can follow me on Twitter at CJ Scoobs if you want. Um, I you know, all my art I post a lot of film to my to my Twitter account, and then I write articles for Arrowhead Pride, so you can check those out. And I do a YouTube show once a week where uh, we <laughs> I, I'd say I'd like you know what if it's the second round and the chiefs can maybe move up a couple of spots i'd say yeah maybe in the second round go ahead and get them we can't get burned like they did you know they can't get burned again like they did with yeah. the uh with the clyde pick even though i do think he is going to be much better than clyde it's just one of those things i think brett might be a little scared to run it back on that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's but,
0: Joe, Joe, Joe is, is uh, a John Robinson
1: <laughs> team. He Texas, hyped. Texas guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a hype train on him. So. Okay.
1: Okay. I like it. I like it, but no, nah, I mean, if you guys want to follow me and check out my work, feel free to do so.
0: Yeah, man. Check him out. He's a good follow. He's always putting up film on players and stuff like that. He's got some uh, Jawan Taylor film up right now. So Go on, check him out, man. And like I said, man, appreciate you for uh coming on, man. Definitely got to bring you back on uh probably after the draft or something. To get your thoughts on the draft and what the Chiefs do, man. So definitely have to bring you back on. So all right, uh Caleb,
1: man. Hey, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good one. You too, buddy.
0: Joe, 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 you and your uh, Bijan Robinson game. It's not happening, man. Let's give it up. He ain't Ty Blacklist. He ain't got to be Ty Blacklist. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Look, I'm not saying that Bijan Robinson isn't talented, I'm not saying that he's not an a, a instant starter. I just don't think Brett Veach is in that mindset because I do believe that Brett Veach thinks that year two Pacheco is going to take a huge leap. I do. I know you're not big on Pacheco like that. I just I think that he's going to take a huge leap in year two. And I think that's what Brett Veach thinks. Will they bring maybe they bring back McKinnon? Maybe they get somebody in the later rounds. But I just don't think that's gonna happen. Sorry, Joe. I love you, brother, though. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and end this thing, man. Give a shout out to the sponsor, uh, Every Morning Quarterback. If you look down at the bottom, you'll see the link, emqpodcast.com slash locker-room. If you click on that, you'll see the all-access locker room. uh, All the podcasts is under the um, Every Morning Quarterback uh, umbrella. There's a Patriots one, a Chargers one, a 49ers one, a Jets one, Um, but uh, there's also ours, Arrowhead Chief Podcast. If you check us out on there, you click on the link, you'll see all of our episodes, all the recent ones, all the past ones. You'll check out all of us. You can hear us yelling at Joe about Bijan Robinson and how they're not going to pick him, Um, but no. You check out all our episodes. Shout out to uh, Ty. Shout out to Mark. Shout out to Clarence. Um, he wasn't able to make it today, but still shout out to my brother Clarence. Um, but, uh, yeah, check us out on there. You can check out their podcast, Every Morning uh, Quarterback. They talk about everything league-wide. Um, they talk about uh, their betting tips. So, you know, go ahead and subscribe uh, to their channel and check them out. Shout out. Shout out to them and whatever streaming platform that you listen to your podcast on arrowhead chief podcast is on there whether it be spotify whether it be stitcher breaker apple google we are on there check us out arrowhead Cheap podcast hit that subscribe button and check us out check us out on youtube too if you're not already check us out on youtube check us out on facebook all of the uh, all of those streaming platforms where we do our lives on <coughs> and Whatever social media platform that you use, you can find us on there, whether it be Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook and TikTok. We're on there. Check us out. Uh, Follow us. We'll follow you. Uh, Like I always tell my man uh, Clarence, you know what I'm saying? What do we say? We're not Hollywood over here. Like my man Joe says we Hollywood, though. But for real, we're not Hollywood. We'll follow you back we'll interact with you you got questions you got something you want to talk to us about you want to ask us anything within reason don't ask us no stupid questions because we will talk about you on the show you know but if you got a, a reasonable question hit us up we'll answer it give us feedback whatever you critique whatever just talk to us nice Don't come at us crazy but if you want us you know critique feedback questions anything something would you want us to bring up on the podcast, hit us up, man. We want to give y'all the best Chiefs content that we can give y'all, all right? So with that being said, for me, for for Clarence Arrowhead Chief Podcast, I'm out. Y'all have a good rest of y'all week, and enjoy free agency.